0: If you find value in what we do and you'd like to support the podcast, go to coffee.com. That's K O FI.com forward slash alone. Or you can go to alone com forward slash support us to find out more. Thank you. Hi, I'm Rebecca Gallardo, the host of Alone in a Room with Invisible People. I am here today with author and teacher Holly Lyle, and today's topic is making physical, mental, and investigative space for your writing. And yes, I had to have the notes up to say that because that's a long (laughs) title. Um, It is. Yeah, so we are talking about making space for your writing, and we're going to go through each one. And... That's pretty much it. Just to also let you guys know, it will be a while before we go into what we've done this week, because you are listening to episodes that have been pre-recorded due to the surgery and the questionable schedule, so you might not hear what we've done this week until maybe a month or two (laughs) so
1: yeah that's uh, Becky's going to need some time to recover
0: well yeah we've we've said that but it's also since we're pre-recording these I don't know what's get what what order that they're about to go into I don't know how far in the future so it it could be very um disjointing I guess yeah yeah and just just know we are working yes (laughs) yeah
1: we're just we're just we can't Keep it timely in the podcast until Becky's through her surgery and we're back to doing stuff the same week that we send it out. Yeah.
0: Yeah. So, okay, let's talk about making space for writing. Okay. Well, let's start with physical space because physical
1: space is the thing where I fucking fall down. (laughs) I am. Um... Matt and I each have desks in the same room. We don't have a dining room table, so we turned the dining room into an office. Um, And my desk looks like the end of the world. Mm -hmm. His desk is this perfect orderly. He was in the Air Force, man. And I think even before he was in the Air Force, he was this very neat human being. I'm not. So I need a certain amount of clutter to put it kindly around me i need my little stuffed animals on the desk um i need various little cups and trophies and things that people have sent me that i love um i tend to have like the map i'm making for becky right now Mm -hmm. on a corner of the desk i have (laughs) um pages and and uh a manuscript typed there I have Matt's edits including the most recent stack uh, I have um, tch, just d- just
0: stuff don't don't and, you have a couple of things that fans sent you over oh god years? yes
1: yeah absolutely and those strong. are on the desk too and the thing is that I, I also am not I'm not just um, a collector of fine things I'm also a pack rat Um, I, I blame my Chinese sign. I am a year of the rat person and I have my ratty mess around me. Um, but in spite of that, I am capable of working in the mess because I have a couple of places that are sacred. Nothing goes on the keyboard. Nothing except the current day's work goes to the left of the keyboard And nothing goes on top of the printer. (laughs) And and everything else um, is is in like piles. Your map is under a couple of things right now. I still know it's there. I have a little corner peeking out so that I can see the parchment paper underneath the other paper. (laughs) But, um, oh my God, oh my God. So it's just you have to have a system in spite of um being who you have to be
0: yeah Uh, oh yeah you want to bring anything to this my desk is a mix of i I guess i'm a mix of the two like i i have these idealistic kind of views of minimalism and i've i've been minimizing and everything but my my desk is not at all minimal. I have two cat beds <laughs> up here. Well, one is the sweater I made that Mean Kitty lays on, so that is now... His clean. Yes, it is. It is. And he doesn't want to sit on the regular cat bed or any other sweater. I have brought other ones in here. He's not interested. He just wants the one I've made. And I've got, Aww. you know, I have stuff like Hop uh, from Stranger Things first season. I have the Realistic doll and I have the pop Funko because I love that character and that character mm-hmm. is kind of I feel like he's me when I'm writing and I also feel like the mor- mornings are for coffee and contemplation everybody feels that way so it's also kind of like this grumpy relatable character and I really and it's inspiring in different ways I've got so oh dear god I've got too much to go through but it's it's mm-hmm. on a regular basis for me like I can see how you're saying. You need to have an area that's sacred. Yeah. Um, but you also... It, you would benefit from having a routine cleanup. A mm-hmm. routine... Like every Monday or Sunday or whatever day is, is good for you. Spend five to ten minutes just cleaning stuff up. Um. Mm-hmm. But I think part of making your physical space too is also inspiration. Mm-hmm. And hop is there I have um, this board up here with all these little things that inspire me in in some way shape or form but I've also got things on the wall that are about my plans my goals Um, one of them is this this sweet spot map and (laughs) it's the whole area your entire office area is meant to cultivate that mindset in which you are writing best so i even i'm lucky enough that i have this entire little side room off of the bedroom that i can make the office and i have things that inspire me not just on the desk but in the room, so I've made it my also my library, and I've got art that I've done that inspires me, I've got all of the books over here, and then I have all of these little trinkets, like, I don't remember why, I think it was because Matt read Intruders, and had given me the book, but I, he, he stuck a, an alien up on the, when I was like, 13, 12, uh, 13 or 14, he he had mm-hmm. an alien with suction cups, and he stuck it to my sliding glass window. Oh, my God. Yeah, I the sliding that. glass door. And there was a bang on the window, and this was at night, and I was like, what the fuck? And I looked over, and he flipped on a flashlight, and this little plush doll alien is staring into my bedroom. <laughs> yes. I remember him doing that. That was so cute. Yes. <laughs> uh, and I still have him, and I named him um, uh-huh. Leonard for Leonard for Gary Oldman because Leonard yeah. is actually his first name. But I still have him. I still. So I've got all of this stuff surrounding me in this office, and the more I have decluttered all of the junk and all of the shit that doesn't belong, the more everything stands out and is more inspiring yeah
1: that and that brings me to something that I really wanted to take is that is beautiful examples um, there is no virtue in a spotless office or a clean desk unless that's what you need to create it is what you need to create that you want to sound surround yourself with and sometimes that for some people I understand that is a spotless space. Mm-hmm. It isn't mm-hmm. for me. That's not the way I can work. So what you have to do, there are three steps. You need to identify what you use. Um, for me, that's you know the keyboard and the computer, those, and the mouse. Those all have to be clear so that I can use them. So that is part of a sacred space. Um, it is that space over to the left where I can look over and see any notes or related stuff built for what I am working on right then. Everything else. Oh, and and nothing on the printer because that would fuck up the printer. Yeah, yeah. Everything else is fair game. And I have a big L-shaped desk. Matt insisted because he knows me, and he knew that I would need to have a bunch of stuff on it. Yeah. So he said, "No, you need to get that one because I was going to get a much smaller desk." He said, "No, no, get that." One. Yeah, he's a good guy. <laughs> that's that's good. That's he, supporting. He knows me. Yep. I drive him nuts, but he knows me. Yep. <laughs> um. Okay. So identify what you use then identify what you need and for me that's the little knickknacks and the little kitschy things that I can look at and the stuff that fans sent me that really meant something to me or you know that that one one of my moderators sent me a thing and it was just it was so cool and just you know these little things that where you know you touched somebody's life Mm -hmm. and and they touched yours in return in a good way and helped you through you know something that that maybe was a little rough at the time, and you can look at that and say, okay, well, that's tangible proof that I did something that mattered to someone. Yeah. Um, and sometimes, some days, some days, by God, you need that. And finally, and this is the hard part: eliminate what trips you up and slows you down. So that's the opposite of identify your sacred space. Identify what you use. This is okay. So now that's the 37 different books I had stacked on my desk that were like a thesaurus. I had a thesaurus that I had been dragging around since before I sold Fire in the Mist, Uh, a Red Roger's thesaurus. And I still have it, but it is no longer collecting dust on my desk because I don't use a, a book thesaurus anymore. I just, if I have to check for alternate words and I'm stuck on something, I'll use one online. Yeah. Um, you know, how do you actually work? Ask yourself, what do I actually do when I hit this kind of problem? And does that thing that I tell myself I use over there, is that the thing I actually use? Or is that there as a pacifier and I need to let that bad boy go?
0: Well, <laughs> that, that seems very <laughs> harsh on yourself. Is that, what, what do you mean by a pacifier? <laughs> like, a, like how is how is the thesaurus a pacifier in your mind it was this little bit of reassurance that was a thing
1: it was like a talisman it was the thing that i had before i sold the first book Ah, therefore therefore it was proof you know that that was it was like this little magical thing i used that when i wrote the first book therefore okay magical thinking
0: yeah magical thinking the only space that I have that is truly sacred, and this is just pathetic, but other people will understand, uh, is the it's space for me and Kitty. Aww. I have uh, actually pictures on my okay. Instagram of when he decided to take over where I normally write,
1: so mm-hmm. I moved
0: literally everything, including the book and everything else, to a smaller, more awkward place. So the mean Aww. kitty could lay wherever he wanted. Oh, Yeah, because he's... I love that. Well, he's... It's just... I have no idea how old he is. He... When we got him, he was already a senior. So... It... You know, he... I, I try to leave this little space where... For him. Um, yeah. Other than that, I try to keep the main area of my desk clean. That is the one thing that I will clean up every day. Is... Mine is... Mine is a U-shape... And it's built from two different desks, an L-shaped desk. And then um, the one we've had for literally like 10 or 11 years, it's a cheap Walmart desk that I built, Tony, um, mm-hmm. that I bought for him and built for him. And yes. I did so bad a job. its <laughs> I mean, it's still standing, but it's still <laughs> falling apart. Um, we, we are
1: the gods of cheap furniture that you build yourself.
0: yes. <laughs> yes. Uh, but yeah, so this, this area that I am using, the the main area of Tony's old desk is where I do the m- majority of my writing and stuff. I am with you on research books. Um, I, I am propping the laptop up today on three or four of them and I have what, like five or six behind me over here. You have a pretty good stack over there. I can see. Yeah. Yeah, and it's it's a mess. It's it's just but I can, I, I love what you're saying about des, like designing it so that there is this area of sacredness and also removing the things that you don't need. Mm-hmm. Uh, to me, knowing what you actually need is harder than knowing what you don't need. Yeah. Um I know you're saying that knowing what you what you don't need is the harder part for you, but and that, that's probably true for a lot of people, but knowing exactly what I actually need is is a lot harder. But I I go through every week or two and just raise everything.
1: I, I don't. I don't. I, I my stuff sits there for a really long time. The stuff that, that I actually have decided.
0: Well yeah, the stuff that you yeah, well, keep, yeah, absolutely. But yeah. I I, I I'm a magnet for things that don't belong and it doesn't, it doesn't help. This, this though, this is the one area, the one room that Tony does not mess with at all. Like, even in the den, if we're sitting eating, he will hand me plates or he'll put his shit on my, my, my center table. Drives me crazy because I'm not allowed to touch his two tables. because it drives him crazy and he can't find stuff but but this office he does not touch a damn thing in it like at all the yeah. only time he will do anything is if I get a package he will put it nice and neatly on the center of the desk if I'm not there
1: I have to say this is where the Ohio house has saved my ass it has a basement <laughs> and there are uh, about 25 boxes of my stuff in the basement, not unpacked.
0: So what is... Is is that everything for physical? Because I that, think... That is... Yeah. Oh, well, I think there's a lot of neat little things that we could say too that, you know, try to design the space so that it works for your flow. So mm-hmm. I have a big wall of stuff to my left. I have McElroy... You know, so, like, if I'm actually writing, that's that's my big Mac. I'm sorry. That's that's my very first Mac that I've ever owned. And um, I have it so that if I'm writing, I'm facing that and the wall where I can mm-hmm. put my index cards up on the top. I try to stay away from the windows. Even though I'm it's the same direction as one of the windows, it's very clearly facing kind of askew away from the window. Because I will sit there and look for birds, watch the leaves, watch the dog, Mm -hmm. I, I can get distracted incredibly easy and it's hard (laughs) enough as it is without, you know, nature TV, so, um, yeah, and I've got it right next to the printer so that when I'm done with a scene, I print it out, I grab it, it's, I don't have to get up and move around, everything is a nice even flow, and then as I'm revising, I've got the revision area very clearly set up on Tony's table. So I think designing it with an eye to function and like minimizing the amount of movements and and steps you have to take to get things done is also really helpful because that helps you get into a routine with it and the routine helps you get into a flow faster.
1: Absolutely. Absolutely. Having, having a system and knowing your system and being able to just flow into that system. When you sit down, turn on the computer, pull up your chair, move the little cover on your keyboard, bring up, hit the button that brings up your document and and having everything, you know, for me, for me, it's revision notes on the left and safety cup yes. on the right. Yeah,
0: <laughs> yeah my, my safety cups have woods on them because of, Mm -hmm. you know, so many animals, but it's I think too that you having little things here and there to inspire you in an area that is not part of your function space is important, but also the idea of walking into an area that is already cleaned up and ready for you to go, whether or not you have a ton of clutter it's already ready for you to go It, it, it just yeah. It makes it so much easier to get to the job so you don't have excuses to do something else. Oh, I gotta clean everything first, or you don't have, <laughs> have to find my keyboard. Yes. Yes. <laughs> you don't have the possibility of a cat spilling something sticky or something old or yeah. you know, and also it's it's just that you don't have to deal with the frustration of sitting down, nothing being where it's supposed to be. It, it, you don't, you've already, writing is already tough enough. You don't need to mm-hmm. add to that. So, yeah. So what is the next part?
1: Okay. The next part of this is your mental space. And we touched on that a little bit with what we just kind of wrapped up with there. Um, but, but this is bigger. This is, a, this is a lot bigger than just <clears throat> having having clean areas uh, for the actual work you have to do so that when you sit down, you don't have an excuse, and cleaning is an excuse yeah. um, for getting started on the work. This is also um, identify by listing where your time goes. Now,
0: you, you cover that, like the breakdown of how to like find your time and where it goes and everything in mm-hmm. how to find your oh, writing discipline. Yeah. How to find your writing discipline.
1: <laughs> yeah. That's yes. Um, <laughs> um, yeah. I go extensively into that. There's a worksheet. Uh, it's not an expensive class. If this is an issue for you, um, it will take you, I think three days and about 15 minutes to actually go through the course. Yeah. And, yeah. I know that um, I've
0: done it more than once. And it's very helpful every single time. <laughs> you, you, oh, especially the more honest you, <laughs> with you, yourself that you are, the more brutally honest, the, the more you find. And every yeah, time... lying
1: to yourself helps nobody. <laughs> yeah.
0: But every time I've done it, i found less time uh, wasted. And the first mm-hmm. time that I did it, it was really fucking eye-opening. Like, you already know that you waste time, but you have no idea how bad it is
1: yeah yeah so okay so that's the first step but the first step is simply to list where your time goes um i go into a lot more detail in that in the class but if you just do this yeah that will help you yeah. um the next thing is sort what ins- inspires you from what changed you and that was for me removing uh, the, thesaurus the thesaurus from the desk but Leaving the stuffed animals, you know, Raphael and Esmeralda, they were these the, this little dragon and this little uh, marmoset, uh, stuffed animals that Matt
0: and I got each other. And you can and see this on her Instagram, by the way. She did share it on her Instagram a while ago. I did. Yeah. I did. Little dragon, a little marmoset.
1: And uh, yeah, but they sit there, and I look at them, and I think of us. And I got a picture of Matt and me. I've got a picture of Joe. I got a picture of the kids. Did mm-hmm. uh, you and you and Mark and Joe and you know stuff that's on my desk that matters to me, and you know the the kind of just that counts. Yeah. But they but you have to be honest about this. Um, the next thing is what on your desk or what in your office actually feeds your dreams and your passions and your loves for you it was some of those big head characters i forget what they're
0: called the pop funkos
1: yeah they're all
0: over in my office including like the pop funko pinhead and jason Voorhees, and it they're so adorable and then the pop funko um stranger things characters and I've got all of the Bob's Burgers characters. The only one on my desk, like they're in my mm-hmm. office and I can see them right from where I'm sitting, but the only one on my desk is Teddy. And if you guys are Bob's Burgers fans, he's he's so cute. He's got a little tiny hamburger in his hands and it's got a yeah. bite taken out of it. But it's it doesn't even have to be something related to what you write. It's just things that inspire you. You look at it and it makes you laugh or you mm-hmm. look at it and you think, yeah,
1: that's that's something that It just makes me kind of silly, silly, stupidly happy. Mm -hmm. And when I sit down, if I look over at that, I get this little moment of happiness and it clears out the shit in my head that I'm carrying around from what's going on in the world right now. Yeah.
0: Just well stuff like that yeah and I don't even write romance <laughs> anymore like that is not it's not something that I'm drawn to anymore I might have a little romantic threads in the story but the focus is no longer that but I still have this most recent Valentine's Day card I had to look at it to f- if it, remember if it was the anniversary of Valentine's Day but <laughs> it's just the words that Tony wrote that were so special to me and the mm-hmm. just I have that on here because if I get frustrated or, or anything else, I can look over and remember, that man has had faith in me and my writing dreams when he had absolutely no reason to have it. And that reminds me of that. Like, I can do anything. It's, it's, it's important to have things that inspire you to your personal level um, of greatness or to do your very best. You know, it's, yeah. it's important to have little things like that around.
1: That's a really, really fine example. Okay, and the final thing, (laughs) and this is the really hard one, is that you have to remove the things that you have to starve your addictions. You have Mm. to remove the things that break your writing, like TV, phone, um, phone games, crap that that like social media, you know, and we we use social media, but we don't use it during work hours Mm -mm. (laughs) because it will eat your life and eat your writing time. And it's, um, you know, and there are times and places for this stuff, but it can't be while you work. Yeah. Because, well, we'll get into that. <laughs> yeah.
0: But it, it really yeah. is. It's it, it, There are apps, and we've covered this in a couple other episodes that we've done, but there are apps where you can schedule a block, basically, an app blocker on your phone that will block out the the social media platforms, the phone games, everything like that. This is a this is kind of a, a neat thing, too, is that I have a really super old Mac where I write my fiction, and he can't perform the way that, you know, he's, 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 a, he's a lot older, <laughs> and he can't perform the way the newer Macs do. So literally the only thing I have on that is Scrivener. I can't even open up a browser tab and look up anything that needs to be looked up um on that mac without having to wait 15 minutes for google to load or for for the search engine to load so it's that really works to my benefit because i can't do anything on mcelroy except for write fiction (laughs) yeah yeah and that's there are there
1: are folks who use a dedicated machine specifically for their writing um I I know there are some some platforms that only let you write mm-hmm. they they won't they, they, it's just like a little typewriter with a a yes I that want will one save of those. <laughs> you, save it as a doc yeah <laughs> that will save your your uh, whatever you're writing in,
0: in I think doc format or docx
1: doc yeah. yeah. Rtf. Some... yeah
0: there's there's a bunch yeah. out there that are and they they connect through wi-fi i forget the names but it's fine we're not sponsored by anybody anyway um yeah but it's it, whatever you can do yourself to limit the amount of frustrating interruptions because some of us have spouses that will interrupt anytime mm-hmm. anywhere <laughs> like tony yeah and but at the same time he still respects the area so he tries not to interrupt but some of us have have kids that are going to run in and bother the shit out of us until yeah. we, you know we have a, a, a brand new stepdad that puts his foot down That <laughs> speaking from experience as one of the kids yes, yes. <laughs>
1: Yeah, yeah. Matt Matt was pretty religious about making sure that I got my writing oh, time. Oh yeah,
0: and you know what? He didn't actually have to put his foot down too many times. It was it it was you telling us that you needed to not be disturbed, and le- and and Matt finally lost his temper and said, "Listen, unless you lose a limb or you set the house on fire, don't bother your mother." And <laughs> yeah, and he was serious enough that it it was kind of frightening and we were like okay all right because we're stupid kids we don't realize that this is how the bills are getting paid this we don't realize that this is how we're eating and how you know we are living in a a house and not on the ground (laughs) not in a box yes yeah (laughs) yeah well
1: you know those were those were interesting times yeah
0: and i i understand that a lot of people have have household chores and have other things and have to take care of their kids and like i don't have kids that's you know so i can't say anything but i can say that the animals and the house and the husband and everything i have my own set of things that need to get done outside of writing i have the podcast i have all sorts of shit and i just have to do my best to schedule it around and limit the amount of shit that interrupts me and if you have a dedicated time and space to do this you have to protect that however you can and if that means temporarily deleting or enabling disabling an app from your phone so that you Mm -hmm. are protecting the very limited amount of time you have then do it do it it. yeah yeah (laughs) you have to protect your space
1: yeah, that's that is that is so big. <laughs> and I am going to end this section with a a little bit more of that and this is a really dark thought, but you it's something that you got to embrace. Don't lie to yourself. The only minute you will ever have is this one. Mm-hmm. There there is no other moment. There is no tomorrow there is no next week there is only this minute you are living in right now and all books are written in that one minute in which somebody decides that they're going to do that instead of something else yeah and who does it who does it a lot of times in a row because the only minute you have is now and after
0: now is death so yeah yeah i yeah I've had a lot of reminders of that recently, you know? I've had a few. Yeah. Yeah. Yours have been a lot more impressive than mine. Yeah. Yeah. Well, uh, (laughs) I mean, I still losing um, our friend Walter Spence was, was hard because, you know, he's a fellow writer and. Yeah. I know he was working on stuff at the time and it's, it it hits you as a friend. It hits you as, you know, kind of, because I always saw him as extended family and then it yes. also hits you as a writer is, you know, <laughs> if you're really passionate about something and you don't finish it, there's this sadness, you know, like, um, Scott Adams. Yeah. Had, had a book that was unfinished and. Really? Yeah. We, I think we all or know. Douglas Adams. That when...
1: Douglas Adams. Yes, it was Douglas Adams. Thank you. I think I was under the impression that Scott Adams was still alive. Oh, I don't know
0: if he is or not.
1: Yeah. He's Dilbert. Yes, Dilbert. Yeah, Yeah. I know. Okay. Um, Yeah, well, I I can guarantee that when I die, there are going to be unfinished books (laughs) Mm -hmm. on my hard drive because I intend to keep writing right up until the minute I kick off. Yeah. And um, I already have a bunch of unfinished stuff there. Yeah, but
0: unfinished and unfinished things that you just didn't get to. Because you were busy yeah. writing other stuff yeah. is different. And then
1: probably whatever I'm writing at the time. Yeah. It, it's
0: <laughs> different than unfinished because you didn't protect because your space. Because you didn't show up. What? Yeah. Because you didn't show up. Yeah.
1: Yeah. That's heartbreaking. Yeah. that's That's, I could have been instead of, God damn it, I was and I was for as much as I could possibly be and I just ran out of time.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: <sighs> yeah. So be that.
0: Yeah, there is no such thing as enough time.
1: Yeah. All right, so with that, let's go on to the investigative part of this. this. The investigative part of investing in your writing is discovering who, what, when, where, why, and how. But you have to start close. You have to start with the thing you think you know and when you are writing there are a bunch of things that you think you know that you put into the book and then you discover that you don't do them um a a really nifty little example of this is that in the book that i'm writing right now the main character is a cop and uh, i had her flipping off the safety in her gun before pulling it in a bad situation and discovered that the kind of gun i was using doesn't actually have a safety <laughs> because i hand it off to her and then I handed it off to, to a an early reader who is a cop, who knows this stuff, and I also did investigation on that particular kind of gun on YouTube, which has everything. Yes. And I went, oh boy, there's no red button. <laughs> there's no red button. Oh boy. And so I fixed that, but... The next thing is that you have to start, when, when you start close and you th- start with the thing you think you know, you are initially question, questioning a lot of everything, and it's time-consuming, mm-hmm. and I know it's time-consuming, but the thing that you can take to the bank is if you've never actually done it, you don't know it. You might think you know it. You might think you have seen enough about it on TV or read enough about it in books that you understand how it works. But if it isn't the thing you've done, you need to hire a spy. You need to hook up with somebody who does that thing. And you need to say, okay, um, I have some questions about this. Now, there is a safety here. If you make shit up, um, as I am making up the science in my thing... Uh, in my Ohio novels, I am, I am making stuff up left and right. I am building a world. I've got my own little science in there that is not real science. Yeah, you've you got to
0: keep track of that shit and not break your own mm-hmm. rules. But, yeah, definitely oh, yeah. you don't have to worry about – you have to worry about consistency but, but not realism. Now, what does this have yeah. to do with making space, though?
1: When you are – okay, you have to make space in your head to write a good book and making space includes the investigation of the stuff that you need in your novel mm-hmm. or your short story or whatever. You, you have to have space for getting it right. Yeah. And so you have space for yourself, um, for, for the actual physical work, you have space for your mind, for the mental focus and getting the work done And then you have to have space for knowing that you're getting what you're doing. You're not wasting your time putting the wrong stuff down Yeah, because again, limited time, you have to make sure that you're using it well. So you have to spend time investigating and knowing that what you are putting down is not something that, that is all wrong. That's going to get you trashed by people. Mm -hmm. Um, that's going to destroy your joy in what you're doing and nasty reviews can in fact do that. Um, you know, hand raised here. I have had some. Um, so what you're going to do is you're going to start close. Then you're going to expand. Um, what do you think you know in your story? You give credit. You don't cut corners. There is always someone. And, and there's always this thing that writers tell themselves, initially, young writers, that the people who read my books are, gonna, are not going to know this stuff. Mm. So I can just wing it. I just, you know, I am I, safe here. Understand that your readers are all smarter than you are. All of them. They all know all kinds of things that you don't know. They have read all kinds of books that you've never read. They have lived all kinds of lives that you haven't lived. Mm-hmm. And no matter what you put in there that you think somebody isn't going to know, I and fucking tea, somebody will. Yeah, so making space
0: <laughs> to check your work, making space to—I think also hiring spies, which is something that you cover in How to Think Sideways. I think yeah. that um, having spies and bug hunters, spies are just people like Holly's talking about. She's writing a cop, so she has a. If She's writing a female cop, so she has a female mm-hmm. cop who is checking her work. That is something yes. that's going to save you a lot of time too because that way you don't have to Google everything. Also, you, you as we have said before, you, you can't know what you don't know. So you're not going to know to Google everything that you've written oh because you don't know what you've got wrong, gotten wrong. So giving it to somebody else, she's going to point out stuff that, is and has for holly pointed out stuff that a female cop would not do or a cop in right. general would not do that is something that you never would have thought in a million years you got wrong
1: yeah this is this is life-saving stuff man and and one of the most amazing wonderful things about people that they they just human beings are awesome And if you say, I'm a writer, (laughs) I'm in trouble here, I have this character who does this thing or that thing, Um, can you please tell me if this is how that would go down? Um, I have had lawyers, I have had detectives, I have had doctors, I have had, I have had all of these expensive billable hours (laughs) professional people um, and people who knew just amazing things. A a physicist um, that who I asked them I said look I'm a writer I don't know this I don't want to get it wrong here's what I have what did I get wrong and they have very sweetly and very kindly told me
0: how to fix it yeah and 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 not charged her or anything like that and I know that we've gone over this before but it is an important thing to note that you have to let your pride and ego go to just go away you need to stuff it in a box or mm-hmm. a bottom drawer somewhere and realize that when it comes to writing it is it, it's a solitary profession but at the same time you have to ask for help because you don't know what you're going to get wrong there you cannot as a human being know everything not yeah. in in a million years can you be assured to get everything right no matter how much you think you know You're still capable of getting things wrong and putting your ego aside and asking for help is a really, really integral part of being a writer and going to people gives them an opportunity to feel special too. And then, you know, obviously putting their name in the acknowledgments and everything, it gives them them a moment of joy to be helping you get something right
1: that's a really good point and i want to double down on one thing you said there it gives them a moment of joy Mm -hmm. big emphasis on moment you cannot ask these guys to read your book you have to have one question you have to have that question very clearly worded you have to say this is what i did here is my question and and they have to be able to answer it in five minutes or less because you cannot ask somebody to read, somebody professional to read your book. Yeah, you just or can't. keep
0: them on the phone for three hours or send no. them 20 questions. And it, uh, can no. I ask you more if I have more questions? So what I'm gonna do is I'm gonna try to find the episode that we covered this in, because I think we covered yeah. it in a bit more detail. And I'll put yeah. that in the show notes, but it, cool, it really is. That was the last thing. Yeah, oh, okay. So um, do we have a takeaway for this episode? Yes, ma'am. We do. Okay, so I'm just gonna go over. Uh, just remind you guys, you can follow us on the socials. That's at a i a r w i p on Twitter. Alone with Invisible People on Instagram. Holly dot on Instagram. Rebecca R g a l a r d o on Instagram as well. I <laughs> yeah. Oh God. Um, if
1: if they're on the, the if they're on the newsletter. I put it in the yeah, footer okay. every time. There you go. You can find our
0: social <laughs> links um, if you are if you are following the newsletter, which, again, it's not mentioning any of Holly's classes, our uh, fiction, no, nothing. It's, it's just the podcast. You can also find our, our Facebook at Alone in a Room with Invisible People. That is our Facebook page. Alone with Invisible People.com is our website. If you would like to, I just wanted to say thank you so much to everybody who has been supporting the podcast. If you want to join in on that, on the top right hand corner, there is a PayPal drop down. It's five, ten, and fifteen dollars. If you want to give on a monthly basis, we have a coffee account that's KO hyphen fi.com forward slash alone and it's something it's like in increments of three dollars so if you want to give on a monthly basis we appreciate that too if you don't have any money to spare totally understand just share the podcast share with your writer friends share a podcast episode that you really liked if you like the podcast follow us click the like button on facebook click the follow button on whatever podcast app you're doing comment on the episodes like the individual episodes anything like that following us on on social media actually helps us too so we appreciate it you can also share any of the emails that holly sends out if you found a particular episode helpful and you want to forward it through the email um to any of your friends just forward the link that holly sends out every week and that way you are sharing the podcast with, it's supporting the podcast without actually having to put any money into it at all. If you want any of our merch, we have a Redbubble shop. You can find the link at our website. So Holly, what is the takeaway for this episode?
1: Okay, to sum up then, writing requires that you give it space and then that you use the space you give it one now at a time.
0: Yeah, because that's all we have is now. now. Yeah. yep. You can plan for the future. You can remember the past, but you can only do something right now. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, we hope that you guys have enjoyed the episode. We love you guys so much. We really want you to do your best in the now we want you guys to be able to have a sacred writing time and a sacred writing space and create, we do everything that we can on this podcast for you guys. And that's like why we say, you know, everything in the podcast is always free and we know that the world is going crazy, but the world, there are still beautiful things and beautiful people and amazing things that you can create and it might be hard to focus on that, but try to create a writing space for yourself and protect that writing space. It, it it helps your sanity to be able to step away from the reality of the world for even a short amount of time, 10, 15, 20 minutes a day. Yeah. Write the world you want to live in.